Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 19 of the Physiotype Podcast. Today, Alex and I are going to be talking about emergent qualities in the eight types. So hopefully you've noticed by now, but we haven't brought out very specifically, uh, is that physiotype is much more about the constituent parts of types rather than the types themselves. Meaning there's eight functions, right? And you can create eight to 16 types based on that. Me and Alex and, and physiotype theory in general are all about the functions. We talk about how the functions affect people. Um, but if, if you've been in the MBTI community a lot, you'll notice that it is a lot about emergent qualities. They view each individual type as having special qualities and they don't necessarily relate um, the functions between the types and say how the functions they have in common affect each other. That's like why uh, in physiotype we came up with isomorphs. Um, for instance, SFPs and NTJs. Well, they don't have any letters in common, do they? But they're the, the two types that have all the functions in common. And you do see similarities between SFPs and NTJs. You do see similarities between SFJs and NTPs. Same with STJs and NFPs. And so we think it's really important to emphasize uh, those commonalities, the functions, um, rather than just viewing each physiotype, each personality type as its own thing. But today, that's not what we're doing. We're doing the opposite of that today. Um, talking about <laughs> emergent qualities. What, what What's emergent qualities mean to you, Alex? Uh, well, to me, it's basically any behaviors that uh, that we see in a type that we maybe didn't expect to see in a type if we were just looking at the functions alone. Uh, so basically anything that isn't immediately definable or describable by taking apart their individual functions. Um, that said, I do think most, if not all of these, can be described or can be recontextualized using the functions. But uh, I don't know. They're just, what's the word? Unpredicted behaviors, I guess. At least that's how I see it in my eyes. Yeah, I think keeping in mind the actual definition of like the the term emergence is important today. Uh, basically, emergence, what it means from a universal perspective is just a quality that appears once you combine a number of properties. And yet that quality that has appeared would not have appeared uh, given any of the properties alone. So it's like this thing only happens when you get all the properties together. Um, that was a much worse explanation than I thought I was going to be. But I, <laughs> we've probably got it, right? I, I think they understand, hopefully. Okay, so emergent properties are like when you mix blue and green paint. Blue and... What, what, what's the color? I don't know. Uh, what blue makes blue? and yellow? Blue and yellow mix green? Yes. Okay. So it's like when you mix blue and yellow paint together and you get green. Now, blue seems to have nothing to do with green. Yellow seems to have nothing to do with green. But when you mix them together, it makes green. So green is an emergent quality of those two colors mixing. Should we jump right in? Okay, so SFJs. Um, we had a hard time with this one because... And I think this all comes down to something that we mentioned off air, which was that... Like, out of all the types, SFJs seem to be the most mentally stable on average. Like, the most moderate in behavior, the most conforming. Uh, conforming might not be the word here, but... <laughs> I'm not the one who said it. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I think moderate is, like, it's the word. Don't just read everything I write. <laughs> So I think because of that, some of these traits might come off as quote unquote boring, but it's only because some of the other traits we're going to go over with some of the other types are, I don't know, arguably unhealthy, arguably immoderate in nature. So even though this sounds boring, this is a good thing for DSFJs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the emergent qualities that SFJs have are moderate qualities usually, right? Right, right, right. So like one of the one of the first interesting ones to me was that like so many of them are uh, what Colby so kindly worded as paperwork nerds. Um 
Why are they paperwork nerds? Why do they love office work? Why are they all bookkeepers? What does that have to do with like FE and SI? Like, I'm not sure. SI definitely seems to like that kind of stuff, but you would almost expect STJs to be more of the paperwork nerds than the SFJs. And yet, at least I personally see more SFJs in that field. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, along with that is executive assistance. It's not exactly a paperwork nerd. But yeah, I think that's that's the thing to describe SFJs is administrative. Yes. <laughs> you had to use one yes. word. They're administrators. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, and I, I really don't think any other type deserves that stereotype quite as much as SFJs do. Um, also, property maintenance, for whatever reason, at least anecdotally, I personally, I live in South Florida, so there's lots of rich people with large properties that need maintaining. All the property managers I know that fill that role are SFJs. Why? I, I mean... I could speculate, but I don't have any strong justifications for why. But apparently they're good at it for some reason. So congrats, guys. You're looking for a job? Go be a property maintenance guy. Yeah. Or girl. I mean, when you think of emergent qualities and SFJs, we all think the same word. Property maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> so random. Uh, I, if you were able to look at stats and see which physiotypes broke the law the least uh, sfj would probably be number one yes definitely they like definitely, rules without a doubt even like the like cool kid sfjs like uh, a friend of mine is like a cool kid sub where like he he's definitely sfj but like you know he he's into like the hip stuff he's into like hiking if his friends are into hiking he's into like the rock climbing if he's with the sfps like he, he's chill all around he'll do whatever the group wants to do but even him like i i'm pretty sure i've broken the law more times than he has and i'd like to think i'm a pretty law-abiding citizen well this is a public podcast so for the record neither i nor alex have ever broken the law <laughs> never ever officially but in the hypothetical situation, yes, I would have broken the law more than him. Again, I don't know why. I mean, I guess FE has something to play with that. But NFJs definitely don't fit that same bill. So S there's something to the SIFE combination that just lends itself to law-abiding, moderate in nature, property-maintaining, mentally stable work bookwork nerds. SFPs, well, SFPs are all across the board, but we still see emergent behavior, right? It's like they're all across the board in like the same ways. Mm. So like you've got SFPs that are doing one crazy emergent behavior in one group and SFPs doing something different. That's also a weird emergent behavior in a different group, uh, if that makes sense. So that will probably make more sense as we talk about these. Um, what's your experience with SFPs and holistic medicine, Colby? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm the one who wrote that bullet point, holistic medicine, and that's mostly true. Um, I guess it's more like SFPs want to believe in natural remedies. Um, I guess it's kind of like an, it's an implicit belief in magic, you know? If you ask this quintessential SFP we're making up who embodies all these emergent properties, this person doesn't actually exist. But if you ask them, you know, do you believe in magic? They're going to say no. But to actually justify why they believe in all these odd medical practices and thematic uh, medicine, um, they pretty much have to invoke magic eventually. Because it's just like, like they believe that like Mother Gaia has things that we just cannot create with chemistry and physics. You know, SFPs believe in emergent qualities of the carrot. Like you will never be able to, and uh, you'll never be able to convince some people that we can recreate a carrot or like 
Uh, I can make a pill that has all the same nutrients and macronutrients and micronutrients as a carrot. And I also created something to keep your jaw strong too. So it's just like you're eating a carrot. So like all the benefits of carrots come in this pill and this, this little chew toy that I gave you. But SFPs would not have it. No matter what, I could never actually just like break down all the constituent parts of a carrot and be like, look, I've recreated a carrot, but in this more efficient pill form and a chew toy. They, they, nope, no. It does not matter what I said. They would never agree with that because they just think carrots are better because they come from the dirt while <laughs> clapping in between each word. <laughs> that was well said. That was very well said. <laughs> Hopefully that makes any amount of sense at all. I, I, I know NFPs feel nowhere near strongly about this, but I know you'll you'll see a similar thing with NFPs. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm a bad example because I was raised by an SFP, but I I do I feel I like like my mom. She had like she was feeling sick to her stomach, and so instead of like looking up what there is to make her stomach feel better in in the in the um in the cabinet my first instinct was to look up to see which plants in my garden are good for stomach aches like why i don't know but when i mentioned it to my mom she was much more hyped about it than uh, <laughs> than, uh yeah. looking in the cabinet to see what could help it's funny like and it doesn't have to even like relate directly to dirt as you put it, but it just has to feel more mystical or magical or nature, uh, natural. Like there's so many SFPs into like acupuncture. Like why are they into acupuncture? Uh, do they understand the history behind acu? I don't think so, but it does feel more mystical. Like, Oh, it's an East Asian medicine and it's not Western medicine. So it must be better. Why must it be better? I don't know, but, they don't know. No one knows, but it is. And I'm sh- reflexology, same thing. A lot of these things. So this is called the appeal to nature fallacy, which basically says because something is natural, it is therefore good. Also, mm-hmm. even that sentence is kind of biased and weird because what does natural mean? I mean, if Pfizer makes a drug that helps me out, is that not natural? Well, no, Kobe, that's not natural because it came out of a factory. Actually, <laughs> these are all chemicals that they found in the ground already. So, like, what's the difference between Pfizer's drug and a carrot? I mean, yeah, there's differences, but it, it's not as simple as natural or unnatural because everything comes from, from somewhere. So, define natural. I, I, I've like, had people say that, like, speak that fallacy for, to me word for word. Like, oh, it's good because it's natural or it's good because it's more natural. And I, my retort to that is always like poison ivy is natural. Does that mean it's good for you? And then they're like, either A, they'll be like, well, no, that's an exception. Or B, they'll be like, I'm sure there's something good about poison ivy. <laughs> that's hilarious. So if you're like some type of theist, certain religious beliefs would make sense to be to cause you to have a naturalistic fall or to have the appeal to nature fallacy, right? Because if you think that a deity made everything, then you think that everything is good. And therefore you think that good can come from everything kind of viewpoint. Sure. But it's funny that you see this appeal to nature fallacy in a lot of atheist people or people who would, the appeal to nature fallacy shows up in atheists just as much as it does in non-atheists. So I just find that interesting. Yeah, so this is just one of the funny little emergent qualities that SFPs have made themselves famous over. Um, I guess one that kind of goes with that is gardening. I have it listed here. Uh, There's definitely like certain sub... Like there's a huge group of SFP subtypes that are just super into gardening and into having their own plants and having their own food uh, and like living off the ground and like... Like, 80% of the YouTubers, you'll see that, like, their ad, not their ad, but the, the appeal to, of their channel is that they're living purely off the ground are SFPs. Um, there was one I ran into that was an STJ, but everyone else has been an SFP so far. Uh, which, I mean, it's interesting. Like, why? Why are all these people so... What does being an SFP, what does being S-E-F-I-T-E, 
and I, what about that makes so many people want to be, and I'm sure there's a better word for this, but like want to be people who live completely off the grid and make all their own food and have their own garden and put in all that time and work and energy when, I mean, there's, there's a reason why supermarkets became popular. There's a reason why there's a reason why we have industrialized farming. It's because it's cheaper for us and it's cheaper for society as a whole. So they're, they're digging themselves into an economic hole, at least initially by doing this stuff, by setting this stuff up. Um, so it's, it's not for like purely economic reasons. These people do this. It's for something else. Um, and I think they all have different justifications for it, but the fact that they're all doing the same thing and they're all the same type, at least suggests that their different justifications might not be the true justifications. I don't know. It's interesting. It is kind of going along with that. Uh, they're also non GMO. A lot of the time, these people, mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't like genetically modified organisms. Um, now it isn't something GMO. Even if you just like control the breeding that qualifies as GMO, doesn't it? Or do you, have I to, don't think so. I think edit the, it in the actual lab. gene splicing has to happen. Or gene okay. editing has to happen. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like, why would you be anti-GMO? Like, you can make bad things through genetic engineering, but just because you engage in genetic engineering doesn't mean the thing that you make is going to be worse than the thing that you originally had. There's just no, there's no reason to be patent to to be consistently against genetic engineering. It's just things exist and now you're making it a different way. Like it could be worse or it could be better. Like there's the process of genetic engineering is not in itself a bad thing. And it's just, that's, it's odd that they're against it. Protesting. SFPs love to protest. Um, SFPs love to unite against or uh, unite with or against a cause. They Uh, love being oppressed, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think we talked about that before a little bit <laughs> that sfps have this uh oh what's that called you had a good word for it before i can't think of it now masochism <laughs> actually an inordinate amount of sfps i know are show masochistic tendencies sfps like to fight back against the power you know mm-hmm. like let's say you live on the greatest country on earth and everything's going great but you're bored Start a protest, <laughs> create a boogeyman, and now you're not bored anymore. <laughs> Typical SFPs. I, I think, and again, we've talked about this before, but like, I, I really do think this is a driving factor in like the number of protests per country is probably directly related, or at least related to how many SFPs are in their population per capita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why why does France have so many more protests than America? Mm. Why does Colombia have so many more protests than, I don't know, Turkey? So right now, like, America has a lot of protests, though. So I'm not sure right now that applies. Yeah, maybe now that doesn't quite apply. But on average, I think, Ameri- like, we've had more protests now here than we've had in a very long time. But a year ago... I think there wouldn't be any argument that America doesn't have a lot of protests. Anything to add to that? Well, they're really into sports all the time. That's true. They're into playing sports, at least. I, I actually don't know a ton that are into watching sports. Yeah, playing playing sports is definitely what I meant. I don't know if they watch sports more, but... Uh... STJs? Unfortunately, I have very little experience with STJs. Um... I've probably been close-ish to two in total. One of them was very moderate in nature, and the other one was incredibly neurotic. So I don't know if either of them are great great anecdotes to use here. It does seem that STJs are neurotic often. Yeah, in your experience, yeah. I mean, 50% of my experience agrees with you, so those are pretty good odds in your favor. That's interesting. I wonder why. T-E-F-I, man. It's not healthy. Don't get it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, they like organic foods as well often just like the sfps yes yes they are a large consumer of the 
of the um, organic farm-raised local milk and honey industry. The reason why we mention liking organic foods as an emergent property, well, one reason is because it's not just inherently better. If it was just inherently better, then we wouldn't be mentioning it. We wouldn't be like, oh, those SFPs love washing their hands. No, it doesn't make any sense. Washing your hands is a good idea. So I'm not going to call it an emergent property. Um, organic, just, just because you didn't spray pesticides on it doesn't, you know. There's some foods where it doesn't really matter. Like a banana, the difference between an organic banana and a non-organic banana, probably not a big deal. Some foods, probably bigger deals. Probably depends on the type of pesticides that you use too. Probably depends on like what time of year, when you spray it, what kind of pesticides, what vegetable you're talking about, how much of a husk or a skin it has. But no, not to not to not to STJs. They just don't like organic foods. It's that simple. Or did they? they <laughs> it it's it's not even like is it better for you or not? It's just like the inherent bias. And again, they share this with SFP, but it's the inherent bias towards organic towards. Yeah. Uh, towards diets too like it's not just organic foods but like I think they are either biased towards veganism or towards Atkinism like they're more likely to take on these like extreme diets uh, out of the belief that they're healthy I do believe that like if you buy all organic food you're more likely to be healthy um However, I personally don't feel very strongly about it. I typically don't buy organic food because I'd rather be cheap than healthy. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's As to why, I guess if we knew why, it wouldn't be an emergent quality. I guess we all believe things for stupid reasons. And <laughs> emergent qualities are kind of like the thing that's most common for your type to believe for no reason. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's not like SDJs are stupid because they like organic foods too much and STPs aren't into organic foods. It's like, nah, STPs have just as many stupid beliefs as SDJs and it's probably equal all across the board. So same thing with NTPs and NFPs, but we all have our own stupid beliefs that our type is more likely to believe. Right. Right. Just so we're not, just so people don't feel like we're attacking any one type because this is, this is a little negative, but it worked being equally negative for all types. Yes. At least you're trying <laughs> to be. <laughs> um, anything to add to STJs? I, again, like I don't have tons of experience with STJs, so I uh, I feel like I can't be terribly helpful for this one. Um, they're usually like the typical nerds. So like if a nerd is cast in a film or a show, the writers will usually they'll basically be writing an STJ. It, it might not be cast as an STJ, but the writers are pretty much writing an STJ, you'll notice, if you if you pay close attention to the typical nerdy character, you know? Okay, moving on. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. STPs, woo! Yes, STPs. Between STPs and SFPs, one of them is the most interesting type, and the other one is second most. Um, at least in my book. I, I guess we'll start with the, like, biggest stereotype of like stp salesman um this isn't really true but it's practically true that if you go to a car dealership any salesman they send at you is going to be an stp or maybe maybe a prone nfj but probably an stp and it's for good reason um they're good salesmen they know what to say how to say it when to say it uh they know who to uh with hold certain information from at the right time if it means the sale is more likely to happen. Um, and I would say with a salesman being the quality, it's hardly even an emergent property because it makes sense that SETI is a very good salesman. So you cannot be a good salesman if you're agreeable. Impossible. Mm-hmm. you got to be a pusher. That's like the first thing they teach you in salesman school. <laughs> salesman school <laughs> yep uh and then se i don't know se is fast se is quick reactions se is quick intake um you have you have to be looking at the person in front of you and you have to believe that that person is an individual otherwise you're not going to be uh, otherwise you're going to be the same as an sfj that's following the same procedure every time 
you want to be engaged in the moment. You want to be fast, sharp, and disagreeable. So makes sense. I feel like if you had to, if you took all eight types, and were somehow able to figure out which types lied the most, that would be SDP. That's just a hunch. It's just a hunch, you know, because lying by nature is a de- it's a deception. So uh, it's hard to for us to actually prove this, but uh, you know. <laughs> They're so good at lying, you don't know they're lying to you. This episode is uh, not great for our um, reputability. Yes. Well, uh, hopefully the listener understands we're being lighthearted today. Yes. Lighthearted. <laughs> exactly. We have conspiracy theorists here. Yes. Before I talk about it, do you have experience with STP conspiracy theorists? No. Okay. I I might I I probably have more experience than most. One, because this is the same subtype that my father is. He's an anti-heavy, conspiracy theory-heavy STP. And two, because in my old job, I talked to a lot of truck drivers. Like semi-truck drivers, like long haulers. And for whatever reason, 90% of them are this same subtype of conspiracy theorist STP. Like heavy ni heavy TI, what they believe is the truth and nothing but the truth, and they will talk your ear off about how we didn't make it to the moon and about how World War II was actually started by America on purpose and about how the Russians have a secret base under Bermuda and just pretty much any crazy conspiracy you can think of, there's an STP out there that believes it and won't stop talking about it. Um, so like very talkative, very crazy eyed, uh, usually men, um, and will wholeheartedly believe anything that they're told that they're not supposed to believe. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm kind of surprised you haven't run into any, they talk so much. They're very talkative. I mean, I probably have, I just have a poor memory. Mm-hmm. Very often they'll like stand too close to you as well like and like can't control the amount of spit that exits their mouth when they're talking um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah uh, I, I like i don't know why i think something about ni but why this is so common with stps i i couldn't begin to express why I guess the NI is about world building, so they build that world of conspiracies. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I don't know. Like, if you were just looking at, like, at like base stats, you would almost expect, like, an NTJ to be more of a conspiracy theorist than an STP. Right. We, uh, when we did the, uh, interview with, um, Kendrick from ENFP Mail, he was, he was saying that, uh, that a lot of people in the MBTI community think that Donald Trump is NTJ. Um, I mean, I haven't confirmed that myself that that's what the community believes, but I'm, I'm just kind of really surprised by that. Like Donald Trump has always seemed like either, either a really prone NFJ or an STP. Uh, just like, I don't know how you would get, I don't know how you would get NTJ out of him. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't either. I think it's I think it's, sure. I think it is the obsession with emergent qualities like we're talking about today that causes the MBTI community to see that. I think like in Kiersey's book even it probably says something about like the megalomaniac businessman or something. Like I mm-hmm. guarantee you like the reason to think Trump's an NTJ stems from probably just like one haphazard sentence in in the Kiersey book or in some other reputable quote unquote source. Um yeah, I think like we just we get these themes in our head and we think, oh, NTJs are described as the megalomaniac businessmen billionaires. Therefore, Trump is an NTJ. Like it's literally that simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably. Because like he just I, I, that's just so crazy to me. Like Donald Trump in my mind would be like a great salesman at a car dealership. And he's not super universal either, clearly. He's a fairly local person, obviously. Right, right, right. In fact, he's constantly yeah. do- using like anecdotes and examples. 
he doesn't speak universally much. It's funny. Uh, but I do think you're right. I think, I think there's a reason why we don't focus much on emergent qualities while we're doing our physiotype work. And I think it's because it can quickly lead you down a rabbit hole of, well, of this kind of stuff. NFJ is a fun one too. First off, most interesting thing is, uh, here's a bold claim from physiotype. This is canon. Uh, (laughs) Here All... comes uh, Colby's inherent bias against uh, NFJs. No, 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 no. This is just, this is a descriptive claim. This is not normative. This is just, this is what I believe to be true, regardless of my biases, uh, <laughs> of which I have none, obviously. Um, all little people are NFJs or SDPs. Yes, I agree. Yeah, we said it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why it is. I don't, I didn't make the rules, but apparently that's one of them. But if you're a little person, you're going to be an NFJ or SDP. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, I think in all our searching, we only found one who we would have typed as NTP. And it turns out he was a little person because of an endocrine disorder that he had. And not because he was of the genetic, I don't know, the full medical background for why little people are so little but i my understanding is 99.9 percent of the time it's genetic in nature so whatever gene that carries little people uh traits apparently nfj also comes with that or stp they all seem pretty supine to me though so i i i'm almost tempted to say they're all nfj uh Hmm. but i might be wrong there they're definitely that they're definitely that uh that inverse set i feel like they're they are usually very prone really yeah i mean the the guy from game of thrones is kind of supine right game yeah, of thrones yeah. dwarf <clears throat> peter Dinklage. he's uh he's he looks like an angry nfj so like yeah i'll give you that he's definitely supine but like i don't know mini me that guy um, oh, he's definitely I forgot about that guy. Let me see. Oh my gosh. He's got such a face. Look at him. <laughs> I don't know, though. Look at those eyes. Look how clear his eyes are. He's got crypts in his eye, too. Um, oh, yeah. He died, right? I think yeah, so. That's, that's I remember sad. hearing something about that. Too bad. And then there's the... Um, yeah, I mean... Well, whatever. I, uh, I'm not sure. His eyes look very an like uh anidom, but he definitely has the like like his skull is definitely very prone. Right. Either way though, our claim our official claim is that that isomorph is um is far more likely to be little people. And yes. I believe that ninety nine point nine percent of the time that's true. And when it's not true, it's probably because they were little people for a reason other than the typical reasons. For being little people. Agreed. The more extroverted ones definitely like being the main talker at the party. Like telling the stories that'll grab the most people's attention. Yeah. Um, like modifying stories to make them more interesting so that it grabs more people's attention. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a pet not, peeve of mine. That's why I'm not good that, at storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I... My brain treats it as a good thing, but it, it is kind of a fault where like I will tell the story as accurately as I can humanly remember it, even if it sacrifices all interestingness in the process. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't tell stories. <laughs> Same. They're the like stereotypical uh, uh, cult leaders. And I think that's just like a super unhealthy version of what you already see them doing in social situations. Um. Yeah. If you yeah. take a person that likes likes being the hero at the party and likes having control of a social situation and you hype up that desire tenfold, um, you've got a cult leader. You've got someone who will do anything and everything possible to get everyone in their group to love them and obey them. Yep. Also, they're great. Again, they're great at storytelling. So, you know, cult leaders need good stories to tell. They need good scripture to uh, pass on, good anecdotal, uh, what's the word, uh, parables to give to the people. So 
Yeah. What better type to offer a parable than the NFJ? I feel like uh, FE Dom types, they always tell stories in such a way that they're not trying to tell you the story as it happened. They're trying to tell you a story that accurately reflects their emotional state at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like if if something happened, they're not just going to tell you that that thing happened. They might have to exaggerate how that thing happened because to them it was a big deal. And it's like, well, we all perceive things differently. You shouldn't try and story. Well, this is just my opinion. You shouldn't try and storytell to get people's emotions the way you want it. You should just tell them the truth and their emotions will be what they are. And NFJs, mm-hmm. you know, do, NSFJs, Dom Effie, they like to emotional storytell, I guess, which actually is very mm-hmm. normal. I guess me and Alex are the weird ones here, honestly. <laughs> but I, I I think that's a good way to put it. And I think that explains a lot of why if and when you call out an NFJ for exaggerating in his story, he will look at you like you're crazy because in his mind, he is telling the story accurately because he is telling the story the way that it affected him. Um, yeah, so, and, and like, there, since there's no objective like, truth, the words are just a tool to influence people's emotions. So who are you to say that uh, something did or didn't happen? Because this is just right. the emotion that really exists. Right. Who's to say that telling the story as it happened is more accurate than telling the story as it made the protagonist feel? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like That's those really are good. both yeah. truths. They're just different kinds of truths, you know? And I think NFJs are more likely to believe the second kind of truth to be more important than the first kind. We're going to talk about Alex type now. NFPs. Yes. So uh, what do you like, Alex? No, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about Alex. <laughs> We're talking about emergent qualities of all NFPs. NFPs never work out. I realized that. Oh. Like ever. Like I am the NFP that has worked out the most out of all the NFPs I know. And that's really saying something, given how poor my workout ethic has been. I agree, except for there's this one NFP girl powerlifter that I follow on Instagram. And she's like, as strong as I have been at my maxes. And she's an NFP girl. It's very odd. Really? Yeah. Huh. What's her name? Do you know it off off the top of your head? I should add this caveat, which I think this caveat applies to NFPs. It also applies to NTPs, I think, in that like the women of our types are less likely to exhibit these like extreme emergent behaviors for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's like directly connected to to uh, the girl you're talking about, but just like in general. So like. Some of the things we're t- going to talk about in a minute, I don't think apply as much to female NFPs as mm. it, they seem to apply to male NFPs. Yeah. Did you find the um, the NFP girl you were looking for? Yes. Um, Jessica Butner. Yeah. I forget how I found her, but um, she's this girl. Like, first of all, she's like not fat. And then I... I was like seeing her deadlift and I was like, wait, what the hell? She's stronger than me. What the crap? Like, do you follow her? Can I, can I yeah, yeah, her? In yeah, your yeah. I'll, I'll send it to her. Let me see. And you can tell me if you think she's an FP. And I definitely think this is an exception for sure. Um, how do I send a profile to someone? Yeah. Then I looked at her face. I was like, what the heck? She doesn't look like a typical, like normally like girl powerlifters or bodybuilders or SFPs. And yeah, NFPs in general don't exercise, but. She's got a pretty high labiamental crease. If she's not NFP, she's... Well, she has to be NFP or NTP, I feel like. Yeah. Which NTP would be less surprising. But still, either way, any girl being a a powerlifter is extremely unusual. Right, right, right. Or really a bodybuilder, either way. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Very interesting. Um, What was this in relation to? NFPs. NFPs not working out. We, yes, NFPs normally don't work out, and I agree with that for sure. I, I even had um, our mutual NFP friend try to talk me out of working out a while ago. <laughs> which <laughs> why did he try and talk you out of working out? Like, what is? Uh, it was something about uh, hyper flexibility. Uh, I don't know. 
Like you would be less flexible. I I think like I'm too flexible and like it'll hurt my joints or something. Oh Maybe. yeah, no, yeah, that that could be. I mean, but just just don't go heavy. I mean, a little bit of working out is probably fine, <laughs> no matter how no matter how bad your Marfan syndrome is. <laughs> you know, they had me tested for Marfan's when I was a kid. No, I always make the joke. Like, I don't even know what it was before you told me. And so now I always just say it because, like, you kind of do have big features. It's not, like, super noticeable, but it's just a funny joke about. Yeah, no. Uh, back when a neurologist was trying to get me diagnosed for ADD, and I guess one of the drugs that for treating ADD has, like, terrible side effects for people with Marfans. So that, like, sent us down this whole rabbit hole of, like, let's make sure he doesn't have Marfans so that he can take the medicine that we're never going to give him. Right, my parents. Is that um? What's the thing that's bad for people with ADD? It's uh, or bad for Marfans. I want to say it was Ritalin, but I might be wrong. Why are we talking about this? Okay, Uh, I was like, got super (laughs) interested in this, and I was like, looking up what's bad for people with Marfan syndrome. Like, this is man, (laughs) I sure went off track quickly. (laughs) Okay, so they like gardening, like SFPs, right? Yes, they definitely like gardening, like SFPs, and they definitely Um, have the. Appeal to nature fallacy as well, right? Definitely, definitely. Though I don't think it's that it's that strong. I don't think it's that strong. Uh, I think they're much more likely to listen to reason on this particular fallacy. Um, they're always, at least the male NFPs I know are always poor. Like always, always, always. Like I've never met an NFP that was well off ever. Um, I don't know if it's that we're inherently bad with our money. Or if we just don't care, disvalue money so very much. Uh, I know I definitely don't value money as much as I should, but I'd like to think that I save my money. But I say that, but I'm poor, so. And uh, our NFPs—they're more nomadic on average, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, you put in. You put in here. Always trying to leave the country. They are again men more than women, but the women too are always trying to go someplace else whether it's like an asian country or south america or something it's usually not europe interestingly enough oh my okay so nfps also like ukuleles right (laughs) not ukuleles in specific they're just always playing ukuleles (laughs) they're always playing an instrument of some kind i don't know it uh, that's not true. I know one NFP that isn't mildly obsessed with an instrument of some kind. But for the most part, it's either like piano or a guitar or a ukulele. I think more oftentimes it's like a it's like a transportable instrument, like a ukulele or a guitar. Yeah, they're probably not into like drums uh, or bass, but, right? Yeah, no, never, never met an NFP, never even seen an NFP play drums before. Yeah, NFPs are too slight for drums, you know? <laughs> I think we have terrible time, actually. Uh, I don't know why, but I think NFPs have some of the worst timing, like musical timing of the types. Oh, uh, Johnny Greenwood's an NFP, right? Uh, let me find out who Johnny Greenwood is real quick. He is... I think he played lead guitar. Yeah, lead, based on his hand positions uh, for Radiohead. Really? Let's see. Uh, he doesn't look all... His chin is so, like... I've never seen an NFP with a butt chin. I think he's NTP, no? Oh, yeah. Okay, he's got a high labiumental crease. He's got a Proceris. Look at those... But look at those eye... Those uh, forehead wrinkles. His eyeballs, though, look a little, like, not TI, though. He's He's I got, like, the, the eye bags that you see a lot in NFPs. And he does have a thick... He had. He has a wide. He has a wide skull as well. Yeah, I think. I think he's NTP. I think he does. Like his eye bags are a little unusual for NTPs, but I my guess would be NTP for him. I'll allow it. He does look a little bit like Vitalik Buterin. What else for NFPs other than we're poor? We like to leave the country. Um. Oh, we like. We never have like a strong political p- opinion ever. Like I feel like. At least compared to SFPs, I think NFPs are far more conformist than SFPs are. Um, mm. And I'm not sure why, but... Yeah, SFPs definitely have more fire in their blood. 
Yeah, NFPs are all slow and quiet. Not quiet, but like slow and like slow. Well, that's a that's a plus in my book. <laughs> Maybe in your book. I wish we were faster. Somewhat ironically, we have very little to say about NTPs here. And I don't think it's for a lack of things to be said. But yeah, so typical mad scientist, I think that's true, can be kind of zany, zany, zany. Well, that's, that's what emergent qualities are about, is we can't really say what the reason is. It's almost ironic in the sense that like NTPs are more likely to be viewed as like crazy-ish, at least the male NTPs, than STPs. Even though, in theory, they should have the same amount of, like, FE to to pick up what, what's going on in, like, the social group and the social dynamic. Yet, for some reason, the, like, any TI, FE, SI combination is, is acts funkier in group settings than the SE, TI. Yeah, I think it's a universal thing. Like, you're not, you know how, like, the unspoken rule... Do not speak about universal things at a party. Uh, <laughs> NTP men usually don't get that memo. And I think that's why that's one reason why they're kind of like this. Yeah, I think you, you're probably right. You're probably right. And again, I like this. I don't think this applies to NTP women. Like they are much more on top of it socially and they know when to talk about the things they find incredibly interesting and when to talk about the things that they think other people will find interesting. Yeah, NTP women are uh, very balanced, usually like capable, just moderate people. NTPs are more likely, in my opinion, to be like nihilists or absurdists. Just like, not even like in the official sense of the word, but just like the way they act. Like, they're more likely to do things because ah, it doesn't really matter kind of behavior. Or they're more likely to do what they want because, oh, well, it doesn't really matter anyways kind of thing. Uh, which is something I don't think you even see very much with um, with NTJs, which you would expect. You would expect to see a bit, but uh, yeah, for whatever reason, NTPs, I think, have it more. Well, I guess NTJs have FI, which is kind of a non-absurdist, non-nilist function, right? It's more like you tend to believe in certain moral uh, frameworks more often with FI, right? Yeah, yeah. Or at least you're, you tend to believe for those things to be real i guess would be the right way to frame that like your sense of morality is real i think ntps are less likely to feel that their sense of morality is a real tangible thing that they need to uphold or not yeah i think ntps are like they're kind of like the poster boys for meta and for universal almost maybe not universal but definitely for meta and to like meta people meta people are very um like you know non-spiritual so that's kind of I think that's where the nihilism and absurdism would come from is like, we're all just atoms. Obviously there's no moral framework. We're all just elementary particles. So (laughs) Uh do what you want. Uh Yeah. Um, anything else to add here? It's almost okay for NTP to be a little boring because their, uh, their inverse is also a little boring Mm -hmm. with the emergent quality stuff. Yeah, um, at least for, for which is kind of ironic yeah. because uh, emergent qualities are they kind of they're kind of non-meta in a way, as it yeah, is. It's, it is so. Very... It's ironic that the most meta types would have the least amount of emergent qualities, or maybe it's not ironic. It's the opposite of ironic. NTJs. NTJs. <laughs> maybe I'll I'll let you cover the first the first point here. <laughs> okay. Um. Whew. Okay. So. In dialectics or argument, it is important to build things, and it's also important to look at things that have already been built with a critical eye and determine what's wrong with those things that are built. Both are useful. Uh, NTJs are much better at seeing what's wrong with things that already exist rather than generating new things. That's all. So you can call it being critical. They are very good and comfortable pointing out inconsistencies in existing architecture, but they're not particularly great at creating new uh, infrastructure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. Do you put that very, um, very <laughs> PC? Yeah, you should see what I actually have on that bullet point. <laughs> Listeners, fortunately. 
no, I just, I, I like, I, I come at things like very extreme, right? So it seems like I'm an mm-hmm. angry person, but I, I really don't care. I just, this is just the way I communicate. It's easy for me to like say the most extreme take of my viewpoint and then then <laughs> walk it back from there kind of. So I hope that, uh, hope listeners have figured that out about me by now. Well, it's fine because they don't even know what's on the, what's on the show notes. So we're good. <laughs> now they're all guessing though. I'm like, what did he say about <laughs> they this? They are. So the 90% of our listeners that are NTJs are going to be wondering what I said about them. <laughs> no, man. All the NTJs already saw all the inconsistencies in our theory and left after episode one. So we're good. <laughs> no, they didn't solve them. They just pointed them out. <laughs> um, why don't you talk about the long form affinity that NTJs have? You mean rambling? <laughs> I have rambling on the notes, guys. But yes, uh, NTJs, and like this is this is like a nice thing to look at when you're talking about um, isomorphs. Uh, is that I, they they kind of share this in common with like NI heavier SFPs too, where like they'll just talk and talk and talk about something and keep going and keep going, and like. There's there's like there's two kinds of ramblers, right? Like there's the one kind of rambler that will stick on the same topic and will dissect every little piece of that topic uh until there's nothing left to be said about it. And then there's the kind of rambler that will move from one topic to the next without taking a breath. Um I think NTJs are good at both. Typical meta mesa behavior, you know. Metas like to dissect everything and chop it up and NTJs like to have everything be cohesive and string together and all the yarn on the uh on the whiteboard you know connecting everything yeah. and everything's everything's convoluted and connected <laughs> uh-huh. thank you for listening guys uh quick reminder that we have an instagram now so if you are interested in interacting with us on a more informal level uh check us out at uh physiotypes with an s um also if you have anything to comment anything to say about today's episode either leave us a review on whatever podcasting app you use uh or what we're more likely to see is if you leave us a comment on our subreddit r slash physiotype so yeah check it out all right have a good night guys good day uh, wherever you may be see you next time